Welcome. You're listening to the Equine Photographers Podcast, the place to learn from top equine professionals around the world as they share their experience and knowledge on what it takes to be an accomplished equine photographer. Now your hosts, Peter DeMott and Gigi Embricks. Good morning, Phyllis. This is Peter DeMott. Hey, Peter. How are you this morning? Good. And this is Gigi Embricks. Hey, Gigi. How are you doing? I'm doing well, really well. Good. We're your co-hosts, so we're going to try not to interrupt each other too much. With three people, it gets a little confusing sometimes. But uh, anyway, hey, Phyllis, I understand that you are a fine art equine photographer, but you also do maybe environmental portraiture and some other things. Um, Usually, when we start the podcast, we ask our guest how they got into photography, and how they got into horses. So if you could tell us a little bit about that, we'd appreciate it. Well, it's it's a long story, <laughs> but I'll, I'll make it brief. Yeah. Um, I've been in the horse business most of my life since I was actually a teenager. Um, when I got married, uh, my well, he's my ex-husband now, we trained and showed Appaloosas for about 20 years. We had halter and performance horses for clients, youth, and amateurs. He judged a lot, so this left me at home to run the business most of the time. I guess in the late 90s, we um, stopped showing so much, running up and down the road, and started a breeding program where we stood up to about 14 stallions every year, mostly mostly quarter horses, paints, and Appaloosas. We fold up to about 50 mares every year, uh, done a lot of breeding on farm, and cooled and uh, shipped semen. How big a farm is this? This was a very um, large farm. It well, like. it's about 45 acres, but it's okay. uh, it's all utilized very well with fences and cross fencing. And then we have about um, we have about 52 stalls. So we have a main barn, and then the rest of them are um, like it's our our what used to be our show barn. It's our stallion barn, and then we have uh, mare motels too. So. Wow. We have a big round pen. It's a big, one of those TP top round pens. And we had so many mares here one year that we had, uh, we put eight stalls inside the round pen. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. Between uh, my ex-husband and I, we had up to 10 people working for us at one time. That's how, how busy we were. Mm-hmm. So where did the photography come in? Well, I guess about 2003, I started getting kind of, well, we both started getting kind of burned out with, with the horses, with the business, not the horses uh-huh. themselves. And I had done one trip to um, – I'd been to the Grand Canyon, and uh, and then I went to – I did an REI trip to Canada one year uh, with my sister. And the guide had a camera and so had an SLR, and so did – and this is back in the film days – and so did one of the clients. And I just really enjoyed what they were doing and, and – thought I'd like to try that. So I came home the next year in 2003 and got my own camera. And there was some guys that came through and did some um, local seminars. They were uh, Rod Plank and Barb and John Gerlock, well, separately. And um, I had been to a couple of their seminars in Atlanta. And I just got the bug. And then I started, I got to be friends with Barb Gerlock. They were wildlife and nature photographers, but Barb also had a passion for horses. So, um, she did the wild horses or the 
domestic horses? Um, domestic. Well, she rode horses. She okay. wasn't really an equine photographer because they were mostly wildlife and nature photographers because they, they did a lot of tours and workshops and stuff. I see. But she had horses of her own, and they did backcountry tours, photography tours, and to Yellowstone. Uh-huh. So I went with them twice, uh, backcountry on horseback into Yellowstone, and once into the Lee Medcalf wilderness with them. And I just got, <laughs> I just really got the bug and I got, I would say possessed with photography. And um, that's kind of when it really started was about 2004 is when I really, really started getting into it. And that's all I thought about and wanted to do. And <laughs> so, but it was, I, I guess it was, you can blame it on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. No, no. It was it was a good thing. We had a lot of fun. And now and then now you've incorporated horses into your your cuz I know you you do amazing wildlife and birds and of course horses, but you know, people might not realize what a great wildlife and bird photographer you are also. Right. Well, and actually because I was kind of burnt out with horses when I first started doing photography, that's mostly what I did was um, like we did the bear. My first really big trip was Canada to do polar bears. And um, we got to photograph polar bears at a lodge up there from the ground. I mean, we weren't in a uh, one of the big buggies. We were on the ground photographing polar bears. We had a we had a guide with us that had a high powered rifle, but luckily we never had to use it. Right. But, um, I've heard that they can be dangerous. Oh, they, they can be very dangerous. It's yeah. not something you want to. It's really not. The kind of thing you want to be doing is photographing from the ground um, where you can't get out of the way quick <laughs> right? or get to safety quick. That's probably my second passion besides horses is, is bears and then birds, but any kind of wildlife and nature. I just love – I love to get outside <laughs> and cool. travel. And- so how does this balance out? Do you still have a, a horse business or – We do. They, um, I still work here part-time. We sold the place back in 2005, but the people that bought it um, wanted us to work for them. They said they'd only buy it if we stayed to work for them. So um, okay. I I still work here. We don't do as it, you know with the economy and everything. Right. The breeding business has greatly decreased. Yeah. Um, uh, we got into other breeds too. We've had Icelandics and warm bloods and Pasofinos here. We've we've done a lot of other breeds uh, than what we started out with, just to try to make ends meet. But um, mm-hmm. It's greatly decreased as far as the actual breeding business goes. So, do you see the economy coming back on that anytime? I mean, not, not it, really. <laughs> it's not really improving that much. No, it's, yeah. it, like I said, two thousand. I'd say up through you know, of course, two thousand eight is when it really hit. But right. um, it, it has gotten less and less. And of course, I think it has a lot to do because that we're not really actively involved in the horse business. We don't show anymore, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with with some of our businesses that we're not actively involved in it like we used to be. Bring us to where you are today in terms of your photography business. Is is well, first of all, your photography is a business, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Very so much so. <laughs> tell, tell us about that. What are your income streams in the business? I have um of course my fine art photography and I'm with uh I'm with two galleries here locally. I teach photography classes through one of them. It's a co-op that I'm a member of. Mm-hmm. And we're uh, fixing to start a photography club here locally, which I think will help bring 
me more into contact with people to share my work with. Um, my portrait work is mostly word of mouth. I don't really advertise it. Um, I do pet photography also. Um, I do, do, do you advertise the pet photography? Uh, not really. I, okay. It's just like I said, word of mouth. I have, you know, uh, most most of I wouldn't say most, but I'd say probably fifty percent of my portrait work, or maybe a little more, is uh, people with their animals or horses. Okay, so horse um, horse and rider portraits. Right. Uh huh. I'd say fifty, but it's probably more than that. Um, so they know you through the horse people. Right. Yeah. yeah. And 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 Facebook is. Facebook for me has been a huge part of my reach. It's, I think it's a great place to connect with old people, you know, old friends and new friends and right. prospective clients. And um, it's, I've been really lucky there because it's, it's, I've sold a lot of work off of Facebook. I've connected people for um, my workshops and tours. I've, I've been doing workshops here for about three years. I do two local workshops at a, a friend's farm where we have models and horses. And then I so that's for the equine photography industry, basically. Yes, because they're all all my workshops and tours are pretty much um, equine related. Uh huh. Great. Yeah. How many come to one of those events? Um, the very first one we had at this farm, we had eighteen people, and it was too many. So I have pared it down to a total of fourteen now. It's just one day at this local uh, workshop. It's um, we. We do some still life, and then we do some portrait work with horses and without. We do some riding shots. Sometimes we do horses at Liberty. And then um, the farm, they cook a really good dinner for us. And then we finish out the night with silhouette shots. And I have people come to these workshops that have never even photographed a horse before, and they go away with killer shots, and they're really excited. So it's it's a fun – it's a great way to get people exposed to horses that wouldn't normally get to have that chance. And, and I have, you know, even professional photographers that come too. So is this just kind of from the Atlanta area or all over the country people um, come? Yeah. I've had people come from um, other States as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what percentage of the business is nature photography versus, um, I mean, as far as my part. income, yeah. uh, probably only about 15%. I am licensed with two uh, publishing companies. Uh, one of them is World Art Group. They're the largest uh, publishing company in the world. And they, of course, they do wall decor is what they do. Oh, and um, okay. it's two companies, Poems Art and World Art. And they, when they first signed me, they only wanted my horse work. It's, well, it's because they hadn't seen my other work. So right. World Art has come back in and I just sent them about 75 more images. And they're, they're, it's all wildlife and nature images. You said that's kind of a wall decor for businesses? Uh, it's not just business. Commercial or? It may end up in a place like Hobby Lobby or, you know, right. something like that, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. So you're or, looking for a multi-sale because your commission, the, what you're getting off your work is only like 10%. It's not a huge amount, so you're looking, at, you're looking for multiple sales. That's where you get your money. Right. So what part of this do you enjoy the most? Oh, I think I <laughs> that's I enjoy so much of what I do. That's okay, a well, um, tell us about that. I mean, you just- <laughs> if I had what I want, um, 
course, my number one passion is horses and then the wildlife and nature. But if I could host a tour or a workshop every week of the year, that would be what I enjoy most because I love to travel. I love meeting people and sharing places and the photography with those people. Right. Get booking your calendar up and. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I noticed you're talking to somebody about Nashville, huh? Oh, well, I just saw the girl uh, yeah. make a comment and I thought, well, hey, you know, I'd love to do a workshop in Nashville. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> but um, I, this year I've started something new. Um, well, I, I do lead tours to Iceland. This will, uh, this was my third year this year. And we stay at a horse farm where we just completely immerse ourselves into the Icelandic culture. Huh. And they do setups for us for five days so we we shoot horses in front of waterfalls and on the beach and on the tidal flats and the girls model a little bit for us i mean they're not models but they they're really pretty girls Uh (laughs) our wranglers are what i call our wranglers they'll take anywhere from 12 to 15 head of horses out and move them around for us and then we we get to do a lot of horses at liberty and that kind of thing and and see the beautiful country i mean it's just i'm addicted with Iceland too. So it's sure. it's so beautiful there. But I've also, this year I'm trying something different. I'd had a job last year in uh, Colorado at um, the cabins. It's called Wild Skies. They had wanted somebody to come out that could ride and photograph their uh, customers, you know, on their backcountry to- uh, trips. Oh, cool. And so I did that and I did some, um, I also did some architectural uh, work for them. I think it's, I think it's good this is kind of breaking off a little sure. different, but I, for new photographers too that are getting into the business, I I know everybody says you should have a niche, but I also think it's good to, to be well rounded right. <laughs> and to be able to do other things besides just shoot a horse. You know, because I wouldn't have gotten this job had I not known how to do uh, architectural photography. You know, so I, I think that really helps to have to be able to do other things, have other things in your repertoire besides just one or two niches you know right Uh, but because of that job i have this year i decided to to try something new and i am doing a a photo slash writing tour back to the same cabins where we're going to stay for five days and we're going to ride for three of those days and photograph at the same time (coughs) so that's kind of my dream it's something that goes back to my beginnings, what Barb and John were doing with their tours in Yellowstone. And I'm, I'd like to do something similar to that where in this particular tour, I had immediately filled it within two days and I had people, I've got people on a wait list. It just went, it went ballistic. I mean, people just wow. were wanting to do it so bad. So this but is riding and photography with yes. an emphasis on horses. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very cool. So I'd like to get into doing more of that. So, Well, let me ask you something for our, our listeners. What kind of price range would it take them to come to one of your one-day workshops and the Icelandic work, uh, you know, week-long thing or this new thing? How much are they going to invest to participate? Well, the my one-day workshops are very affordable. We start about 1 o'clock in the afternoon and go till sunset, and they're um, – uh, about one hundred and seventy nine dollars okay and that in, that includes dinner. The Iceland tour, of course, is more expensive because it 's an island, and everything costs a lot and This does include your transportation and your uh, accommodations and meals for um, I guess it was five 
five or six nights. I, I can't remember now, but um, uh, it was $3,500. That doesn't include your airfare, of course. And what about this new one where you're packing with the horses? How much is that? Well, one? this is kind of a beta run this year, so it right. was a little. It was pretty cheap. I only charged eight hundred dollars okay. uh, because I'm not really making anything because I just wanted to see how it was going to go. Right. Um, next year it will be a little bit more. Uh, like I said, this year was eight hundred, and that includes the 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 biggest cost for this particular deal was getting the horses up there because it is backcountry it is wilderness Mm -hmm. so they have to haul the horses quite a ways to get them into into this uh this area so um that was the biggest cost for this and then i'm having the dinners catered and then we're going to do our own thing for breakfast and lunch i mean there's no stores anywhere near this cabin so i have to right i have to do all my grocery shopping before i get there so i'm doing a lot of it myself which I, i might not do next year so it would be I'm guessing it it'll be probably more around fifteen hundred next year. Maybe maybe not quite that much, but somewhere right. it'll be higher than eight. Twelve to fifteen hundred. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what what time of year are you doing that, Phyllis? Um, that's the end of September. Okay. I yeah. Wish, I probably won't be back. I'm coming back the twentieth, but. Yeah, you could you could join me maybe next year. Yeah, I could be your cook because I used to. Do oh that. yeah, that's true. Hey, that'd be a perfect idea. <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah, okay. we will talk. That is a great idea. Yeah, and then I'll do food food photography with that. Hey, that's that's a uh, yeah. I figured we'd do a little night photography too. So that's a that's an excellent idea, Gigi. Thanks, thanks. We'll have to talk about that. That no, really, I'm serious. That is a great idea, and Gigi's a great cook. So. Yeah, that's my third little passion there. Used yeah, to be my job, but my third passion. Yeah, we've traveled quite a bit together, so. Yeah, we have. It's Phyllis is uh, a great teacher, I have to say. For anybody who's thinking about going on a workshop or a tour or anything like that, she's really a very good teacher. She has a lot of knowledge and knows how to share it. Well, thank you, Gigi. Yeah. I, I love sharing. I love to see people's enthusiasm when they when they get it or when they get excited about what they, you know, they just, I, I think it's fun to watch people that, especially new people that are just getting into it, yeah. you know. You just said that you and Gigi have been to some workshops together as participants, but are you uh, involved in the photography in your community in terms of professional organizations or affiliate PPA groups or clubs or I mean, you said you were going to start a club, but where do you get your input to improve your photography? Well, from the web mostly, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of – I when I was first getting into it, I did do a lot of workshops. I mean, a lot of workshops. Okay. <laughs> because it was a good way to travel and see things and, and go and see places that and be there at the right time, you know, that I wouldn't have known how to do, you know, without right. – without, those uh, guides are the the host telling us what to do and where to be and what light, you know, where to stand and all that kind of stuff. You know, when you have a limited amount of time, some you don't have time to go and scout a place. You just you you may have a weekend or five days, and it's good to have those uh, photography guides that tell you exactly. You know, they don't tell you necessarily what vision to shoot. You, you know, you're not helping. They're not helping you with your vision necessarily. And well, right. well sometimes they are, but. It's still your photograph just because they get you in the right place doesn't mean it's not your photograph or your idea. But I did a lot of workshops and tours when I was first starting. But here locally, um, of course, I'm a member of the PPA, the ASMP. 
Uh, here locally, we have the Georgia Nature's Photography Association. I'm also a member of NAMPA, which is the North American Nature Photographers Association. We have, um, of course, the local chapters of PPA as well um, and ASMP. The web is a is an excellent learning resource. Um, um, people that are just getting into equine photography, equinephotographers.net is a fabulous resource. I teach classes for learntotakephotos.com, and they have some fabulous classes for beginners and advanced photographers. You, you've indicated that you, you know, said for beginner photographers to not niche down right away, just build up their their experience in all kinds of photography. Do you have any other tips that you would give for someone who's starting out and maybe they're leaning towards becoming an equine photographer? Uh, what would you suggest they work on mostly in the beginning to get their skills up? I, I think uh, the single most important advice about becoming a equine photographer or any type of photographer is to know your subject. I know a people that are getting into equine photography that don't that have never been around a horse don't know anything about horses and I'm not saying they can't they can't succeed at it I just think that you need to do your homework and 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 learn about horses and each breed is so different uh, they need to take the time to learn about the different disciplines and I think for me and for you too, you know, and you, Peter, everybody uh-huh. that uh, knows horses, you know, and for me, my first passion in life was horses. And I try to make that passion come through in my work. And if you don't have a background in horses, it might be a little bit tougher. But I think if you can immerse yourself in their world, you know, there's so many different things if you want to do horses at Liberty. But if even just if you want to be an event photographer, I think it helps you to do even just go sit in a pasture with a herd and watch them interact with each other. You can learn a lot by observing or just going to a horse show and, and watching the official photographer. You know, I, I don't want to be an event photographer. That's right. not me. Yeah. <laughs> but Because um, I, I like to have too much control, so it won't work for me. Although I do like to go to shows and shoot uh, candid shots. But, you know, you can't even do that much anymore because they see you with a photo- with a camera and they have a – conniption so right, right. um so i don't want to go because you know but i do like the candid stuff more so than i, I like i said i i want to be in control <laughs> i don't want to be standing in an arena right uh, waiting for it to go by right right <laughs> exactly yeah. but that's just me but yeah. um and i so, hey what well, th- you know what Gigi usually asks about equipment yeah Tell i was just gonna oh. say so we're segmenting <laughs> right into because a lot of people you know, maybe they just had a entry level camera and they're thinking about investing in an in lenses and a camera and, and the best things for equine and you know, they always want to know what kind of gear you're using and so can you give us an and idea? And also what your favorites are. Yeah. Well I I use Nikon, of course, but um and I of have course. everything uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean of course. I, I didn't mean it like that. You're talking I, to two Canon people here. I know, not you. I know you're both Canon shooters. I can see that with Peter's picture here. So <laughs> um yeah, I'm I'm a little outnumbered and I don't I guess I don't like it when we get into the because no. I think, you know, it's 
both systems are fabulous. And and there's in Minolton, there's lots of good systems out there. Sure. Um, the biggest thing is when you're shooting horses, just be sure that you're getting something with a high enough frame rate to capture what you're, you know. But I do shoot Nikon, and I sh- I have a D4, a D810, and a, a D7200. I have lenses that range everything from a fisheye up to a 600 millimeter. But I only have the 600 millimeter because I do a lot of birds and wildlife. If I were just doing horses, I would not have bought that <laughs> expensive lens, but you don't need it. Um, my favorite lens, which I'm sure you guys will probably agree with me, is my 70 to 200 um, F2.8. That is my favorite lens for even a lot of portrait work. It, it's It's just... You know, yeah, that seems to be the standard favorite. I think, um, you know, because you can do the horses with it and portraits, so you get double your money's worth out of it. It's a great lens in both systems on both systems. Oh, sure, yeah. I want to get into one more thing before we end up. Do you have a studio? Uh, I have a makeshift studio. Okay. <laughs> I do have the pro photo lights, and I have done some uh, studio work. I don't. It's not like a a storefront studio. It's right. my. It's just a a room that I have here uh, on the farm that I have my lights and everything set up in. I'm still kind of uh, learning the studio lighting. Now, I yeah. do. I have done some work for like. My gallery, we have some events there, and I take my lights and set up there to do um, – we've had some some events at the gallery, and then we also have a big event. It's a big money raiser at the gallery every year that I set up my lights for and take pictures there. And Those then would be I, portraits for, yes, of the so participants. Yeah. Right, of the participants or the sponsors. We, we have some big money sponsors that we try to take pictures of and do that kind of thing. And, sure. Um, it's a – one of them is a Monte Carlo. Well, they, well, they do, you know, they do all the gambling with the paper money and everything to raise, raise funds. And, um, and then we're a nonprofit. So we give away two scholarships every year. Mm. So, um, and then we have another thing at the gallery, what's called Artie Gras, and which is kind of a takeoff on Mardi Gras. We set up pictures there and then I'm, I'm going to do something new this year because I don't have a studio that I can that I want to bring people to or bring clients to. I'm actually going to set up at the gallery this year to do holiday pictures and this will be two things it'll be it'll give me some more business uh, yeah. income and it'll uh bring more people into the gallery. So yeah, it's a great um, idea. We're, yeah, we're thinking that's going to be a really nice idea because they have to walk through the gallery to get to the area where I'm going to be photographing. So, well, that's um, an interesting idea. Yeah, that's uh, a win-win idea to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it'll be a. I think there's 15 uh, gallery members. You have to be juried in, and then you you pay a monthly rent, and you have to work twice a, a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't pay any commission on your work when it sells. Oh, well, that's and, nice. It is. It's a. It's and it's a nice community. Most of them. There's only one other photographer. Um, most of them are painters, but they're we're all artists. Um, yeah. So it's been good for me because a lot of them been doing this for a long time. And even though they're painters, I've learned a lot from them, and I've learned how to network and um, promote and that kind of thing. And they do a lot of mm-hmm. they do a lot of outside shows, which I don't do, but. Um, I've really enjoyed being there in that in that atmosphere. So I I think I would encourage people, new photographers, to think about doing something like that too, to get involved in something local. Yeah. Right now, okay. So this is back into the nitty gritty of this. Mm-hmm. You said 
most of your work is horse and rider portraits in terms of income. Is that right? No. No. Um, when you had your list of questions, I kind of tried to break that down for you. So okay. if you don't mind, I will read that. <laughs> All right. Uh, or, uh, I'd say about 50% of my income comes from equine photography, and this includes my workshops, tours, uh, my fine art equine uh, sales, my portrait and farm work relating to horses. Okay. Um, then about 15% of my income comes from portrait work, and this includes pet photography. Okay. Um, about a, a 15% comes from the fine art, wildlife, and nature images, and that's from my, you know, that adventure that's, tours and things. Well, no, that's not tours. That's what I'm selling for the right, uh, right. publishers or my private sales. And then I'd say about 20% comes from teaching because, and, and that's not related to horses. Um, that's teaching that I do through the gallery, and I also do some private one on one tutoring as well. Mm hmm. So for the photographers that are thinking about getting into a similar mix of, of work, and obviously they would need to learn a lot in order to lead a tour or you know instruct other photographers, but how do you come up with pricing on your art pieces or also when you're selling to consumers with a horse for a portrait, for example, how do you present the work for them to purchase? Do you show them samples of larger pieces? Do you do it on the internet? Do you do it in person? How do you do that? Pretty much everything's on the internet. Okay. Um, I do a lot of uh, photographer for hire kind of work, um, you know, for farms and stuff like that where they're using the images for web or the brochures or sale picks. Um, okay. So in that Commercial case, work, then. right, I get yeah. paid by the job. So it's um, expenses plus a day fee, that kind of thing. And then I, you know, the editing and the optimizing of the images is included in that price. Right. Um, so they don't see anything but the final product and they get all of those in that case. Right. Um, on my portrait work, it's a little different. They only see the finished images because I'm so anal that I don't let people see anything right out of the camera. Not that so, they're not fabulous right out of the camera, but right. But they do they see twenty or forty or sixty images? Um, or I will what? tell them they'll see a minimum of fifteen to twenty images, but uh -huh. I usually I usually show them more than that. Okay. Because they usually get some really good shots and, and I just feel like, why do I want to keep them for myself? Right. <laughs> so I probably do things a little bit different than most people on my portrait work. I'm in a small town and it seems like in a small town, there's, there are a lot of pro photographers, but there's a lot of beginner photographers that right. do it extremely cheap. I still think I'm, I'm probably not as high as most people, but I try to keep my prices in line with, with others in the area. Okay. Not with the beginners, hopefully. No, not with the beginners. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I figure if they want a beginner, that's what they're, that's where they're going to go anyway. So, right. you know, if, if they don't want to pay any more than that, that's where they're going to go. And that's fine. You know, mm -hmm. I'm kind of picky about my portrait work. Um, I don't know. That's probably a bad thing to, to do, but I, I would be great if I could shoot, you know, two or three jobs a week, every week. Um, but my thing is I spend more time on the computer than I did at the actual shoot. So, so which I think a somebody told me. So a typical shoot is one hour or two hours? What do you a typical shoot is an hour to an hour and a half. Uh-huh. 
especially if it has horses. Um, and most of the time I let, uh, I will let them, you know, change clothes a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And I think, what did they say? Like for every hour you shoot, you can figure three hours of editing. Is that what it is? I forget what the, I thought it was every hour you shoot, you got eight hours of work after that. (laughs) Uh, well, that's, that's probably right too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, a lot of the new people don't take that into account when they're figuring their rates either. You know, so if you spend a couple hours or more uh, working with your images to come up with your final product, and having an excellent product is also another reason you could charge more. Right. You know, so. The people that say, well, here's your disc full of images and haven't touched them yet are really missing the boat in terms of uh, having a product that's worth spending money on. So, oh, sure. I, you know, a lot of people are like, well, why do I want to help new people or why do I want to help my competition? Well, I think that only makes your work stand out more. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but uh, and it helps our whole industry. You know? Yes, exactly. It helps the whole industry because it pains me to see a picture where somebody has has terrible background or you know or they're yeah. it's not even in focus and right. and they got paid for this. I'm like, how? Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Many jump in way too soon. And then uh, something I'd like to ask you. You know, you say you're a lot of time on the computer because you do fine art work for people who want to go into fine art. What do you think their best method to learn Photoshop would be like? Is that where you do most of your editing or do you have, you know, how would you think they would start to learn all that? To me, there is a difference between an art piece and just a good photograph. Right, right. As you know, there's lots of resources online. Creative Live, um, uh, Kelby One is a great resource uh, for Photoshop and Gosh, there's <laughs> Linda.com yeah. is a great one. There's so many different great places to uh, – Flern is a great one. There's so many different – Yeah, there is. You know, this this has gotten to be such a huge industry uh, and moneymaker, and the, the teaching end of it is, is, I think, even a bigger resource for income for so many people than just – just the photography itself. Yeah, I think teaching um, has probably outsourced the actual photography part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another thing I was going to say about people that are just starting in photography and want to know how to get their name out there and that kind of thing. I think, um, uh, if you don't mind me kind of jumping backwards, uh, sure. I think contests, like entering contests, are, are re- really beneficial for people to – and not to get discouraged just because, because they may – uh, enter a contest and not get anything. To me, if I don't get, if I don't win, if I don't get placed, if I don't get an honorable mention or whatever, that makes that makes me better because I want. I try to figure out why didn't I, right. <laughs> you know, and just to see the level of work that that did win, I think is and to really study and and look at what is winning to try to make your work better. You know, I don't mean you have to copy them, but just to find sure. out. To, to study them and find out what, you know, what resonates with people. And it's amazing to me to, and I think that's a, a lot of the reason I like to put work on Facebook is to find out what does resonate with yeah, people. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I use it for a lot. Yeah, because you may, you may look at image going, oh, you know, this is okay. It's not really, but I'm going to, I'm going to post it. And it's something that, that maybe I didn't feel as strongly about it just went crazy with other people, you know, mm-hmm. or, or our, the simplest image sometimes is, is the, 
is the best one. I don't know. It's it's funny to it's I I think it's nice to find out what other people are looking for, what they look at, and and the different angle that they look at things from. Yeah, and we're we're pretty involved in our own work, and sometimes we don't have the objective eye. We can't yes, see exactly. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it does help to you know share your images and you know don't worry about people stealing them. You know, just put them out there yeah. because that that's just how it is today you know and right. uh, well and and something else i've just started doing and i've i've just had the pleasure of being asked to judge two different photo contests this year and i didn't you know at first i was like eh, i don't think i want to do that because i don't you know but i um i've done that i've judged two contests this year and i have, i really loved it and i think this last one you had to put comments for every image mm. and oh, good. that's kind of just another way of teaching you know yeah it and, is and i it was and of course people you know it's hard because you don't want to discourage people you want to be constructive in your criticism and you don't but you know at the same time you want them to learn from what you're teaching so right. um but i i really enjoyed that more than i thought i would even though i was a little it was kind of nerve-wracking have you uh submitted work for ppa uh merit i judging? did i did once and okay. i got i got two um merit awards did they um, have horses in them uh one of them did the other uh-huh. one didn't one okay. of them was a, a a nature well it was a was a peer actually right uh down in georgia and I should do more of that because I think that's a great way of your. Uh, a I don't lot. Know, uh, they're yeah. doing a lot online judging now, right? So you can and actually watch the judging. Watch their comments and stuff yeah. is amazing. Even even the comments from mine. And I thought I was really particular about my work because I'm, uh, and you know I see work and especially in these contests I judges where people they would enter work that had dust from the sensor and everything, right. and I'm like. To me, that's that's a very basic thing. I'm I'm so funny about that. It's like blow your work up to hundred percent. Be sure you check the edges and you know for any artifacts or things that shouldn't be there. And but right. I thought I was so particular. But when I did that PPA um, and they did the critique on those, they noticed, huh? Oh, not it wasn't <laughs> dust spots, but just yeah. little things. You know that. Well, gosh, I didn't even see that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but, Do um, you know uh, Jim Chigaris? No. Mm-mm. He's a nature photographer that I know. So he showed us one time uh, a picture of a grizzly bear and he showed us the before and after. Mm-hmm. And he had to take out something like 1,500 black flies oh, yeah. that were swarming around this yeah. big bear to make the final picture. So, yeah. You know, it has to be a good picture to do that much work. Yeah, really. Uh, you know, that's, and yeah, you because know, I did that when I I shot black bears up in Minnesota, and these poor bears they had ticks all uh, over their face. Yeah. Or and you know and of course if you want to sell something you can't sell it if it's got ticks all over its face. But, <laughs> but at the same time that's just that the black flies that's part of what's really happening to these animals you know. Sure. But so I guess in a way we're kind of candy coating it yeah (laughs) yeah we're we're um, selling fantasy yeah (laughs) uh, we want to sell a pretty bear you know (laughs) yeah so uh phyllis we uh like to cut these off at around 45 minutes so we're going to do that now uh let me talk to the people listening if you want to make comments about this podcast please go to our website equinephotographerspodcast.com 
We also would encourage you to uh, give us a review on iTunes. And uh, Phyllis, where can they find you? Um, my work is www.phyllisburchettphoto.com. I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember what my website is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is it's going to be in the show notes, but we do like to get it on the audio as well. But isn't that funny? Yeah. It's like your phone number. Isn't it Phyllis? It's um, phyllisburchettphoto.net. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Photo. Okay. But, you know, of course, I'm on lots of other things, too. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Google. I'm on they Twitter. You know, on the yeah. website or right. on <laughs> Facebook. So and thank you so much. Yeah, for thanks a lot. This, with us. Well, thank you guys for, for asking me to do this. I enjoyed it. And good luck with uh, this new endeavor. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're enjoying it. We're learning a lot. And um, it's just great that we can all get on and share and help and it's another form of teaching, you know, and bringing up our yeah. industry. So thanks right. for, you know, agreeing to come on. This has been great. Well, thank you. I'll be, I'll look forward to seeing the other ones you've done too. Yep. Stay in yep. September pretty soon. Okay. 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 Great. Thanks Phyllis. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for the Equine Photographers Podcast. We hope that you were inspired to grow and improve as an equine photographer by listening today. Join us for the next episode to learn, grow, and be inspired as we interview some of today's outstanding equine image makers.